0: What's better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's Joe Marino Kyle Krabs and Chris Schubert from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show today's podcast is brought to you by Pepsi this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Kyle, hello? Meaningful football is here. Well, it's all meaningful, but big time matters football is here.
1: Yeah, high stakes college bowl games have arrived. And uh, we have college football playoff, uh, which I'm still going to – They'll pound the table for us to change the name to the College Football Championship Invitational because it's not really about a playoff. It's just <laughs> the teams that they want to invite to show up, and it's the same pool of eight teams every single year that they pick out, of regardless of what qualifications or resumes are, but that's neither here nor there.
0: That's the first time you've shared that with me, and I like that.
2: I know sure- Chris agrees with me. Yeah. Uh, okay, I 1,000% 1, agree. 1, agree. Uh, so, Kyle, you said that this football matters? This is high leverage. Huh. Somebody should have told Kyle Trask last
1: night. No, 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 no. The, the, oh, the playoff oh, games are the games, okay. are the bowl okay. games. High stakes, high leverage bowl games are college football playoff and like the Rose Bowl, right? Because of the, the prestige of the Rose Bowl. But other than that, like uh, the Cotton Bowl, eh, nah, nah. Florida missing 20 players,
0: nah. You like to think a first-round quarterback like Kyle Trask can elevate the players. Oh yeah, okay, football, uh-huh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't. I, don't I know. saw you. You wasted no time bumping that Kyle Trask <laughs> is not a first-round quarterback article that you wrote. Right. I think you got ten minutes into the game and hit send on that one. So prop I,
0: I retweeted myself, and then it didn't give me enough satisfaction. Like there so wasn't you replied enough. to it. Yeah, then I replied to, yeah, you know, yep. just a classic play. Had to do it.
1: Yeah, Yep. I um. I am also equally insufferable when I have takes that. <laughs> materialize on the national stage in such
0: a way well, so listen, listen. respect I, the hustle somebody wrote an article <laughs> i think it was yesterday somebody wrote an article about how wrong i was about aj Dillon and how he went from draft bus to the next derrick Henry in one night so you tell oh, me oh, i was pretty eager to that's dunk cool I, that's on. cool right right so thanks um uh, thanks uh to that boston college fan who was butthurt about me not being high on A.J. Dillon. So, all right, well, look at me getting petty here to start this play. <laughs> what, what is happening here? Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Fun fact, A.J. Dillon still has 239 <laughs> rushing yards this season in 10 games.
0: It was a perfect storm. You're going up a, at home in Lambeau Field, cold conditions, against, against a, Titan. a terrible Titans defense. defense. Oh, yeah, nobody wanted to tackle A.J. Dillon when they were uh, down 30 points. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Crazy. but that's not the time to dunk. And no, he didn't become the next Derrick Henry on uh, on whenever that was, Sunday night.
1: Fun fact, uh, A.J. Dillon has played 92 offensive snaps this season.
0: Hey, like, take your victory lap. He's clearly proved himself as the next Derrick Henry against the Titans, no less.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: All right. So we've got uh the Citrus Bowl, four o'clock Eastern time on Friday. Notre Dame fighting Irish against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Wait, uh, so Chrissy, <laughs> Chrissy, I just called you Chrissy. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, Chris, have we ever had a matchup? Yes, we have, because Alabama's played Notre Dame. I was gonna say where like the the mascot was like two names, you know, like fighting Irish Crimson Tide, but that matchup literally has happened before, so that was a bad talk. Oh, boy. Uh, then we got the Rose Bowl, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern time. Clemson Tigers, Ohio State, Buckeyes. A lot of NFL draft talent, and Kyle, myself, and of course Chris and his, his uh, vast scouting knowledge, we're going to get you ready for um, these games from an NFL draft perspective.
1: So we want to start with uh, the early game, Notre Dame-Alabama.
0: Citrus Bowl
1: citrus bowl. So Alabama so what we've done, uh, TDN scouting department, uh we've started kind of writing final reports and Poor Jordan Reed has Alabama <laughs> and Jordan has been writing exclusively Alabama players for like the first <laughs> first 7 days that we've been doing profiles just because there's so many freaking NFL players on this roster. Uh so Big surprise, like Alabama, they're loaded every year. This year's no exception. You get a bunch of star power in Devonta Smith and Mac Jones, and Najee Harris and Alex Leatherwood and Landon Dickerson. And like Joe, are any of these guys not going to be top 50 guys by the time it's all said and done?
0: No, yeah, they they are. Uh, Bama loaded. Um, what so matchup specific, uh, what what really pops for you? I mean, is it is it Najee Harris going up against a, a very physical and fast Notre Dame defense? I mean, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo in the second level, Dalen Hayes up front. Uh, that Kyle Hamilton's he's not eligible, but he's an unbelievable safety. Like that's a pretty that's pretty compelling to me as I start to like get into what I'm most excited to see in this game. It's it's Najee who has really become a complete back. But, you know, going up against a heavyweight defense here like Notre Dame, I think that's kind of like what initially catches my eye.
1: Yes, I'm really interested in how Jeremiah Wusukoromo, who I had a chance to go through and did a final eval on him, his tape is tremendous this year. But he is a player, a linebacker that's somewhere around 220 pounds. How well does he fill and tackle and finish against Najee Harris? And I think that is the most intriguing individual – one-on-one matchup in this football game. And we're going to see a lot of it because Alabama, they like to feed Najee, give him the rock, let him pound. And it's going to be a big test on the Notre Dame defensive front to kind of help keep Awusu Koromoa clean. But the way Owusu Koromoa plays the game is they use him a lot all the way out, like outside the hash, between the hashes and the numbers kind of as like almost like a hybrid safety type player. So I think you'll get a lot of chances to see him uh, he did that against Clemson the first time that they played where he's out in coverage, and uh, he he's defending and triggering on slant patterns in the middle of the field. So uh, I think you'll get a chance to see a lot of the versatility of Owusu Koromoa, and, and I'm excited against the cream of the crop to see just how legit he looks and how he hangs with that physicality because that, if he shows well in this game and is unbothered by how physical and big Alabama is, it's going to ease a lot of concerns for Talent evaluators looking at a 220-pound linebacker.
0: You see that play in that Clemson game where he just took the ball from Travis Etienne and housed it the other way? (laughs) Oh, Uso Koromo is a fun player. Are we ready for some football? College football is in bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. There is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust – and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Big time football this weekend. We got the college football playoffs. It's week 17 of the NFL season, and the best lines can be found on betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Kyle, this Notre Dame secondary. Um is I know that you have Notre Dame and and I'm not sure that they have any like notable, eligible guys this year. I know Nick McLeod's like a transfer from NC State and Kyle Hamilton's up and coming. But when you think about Mac Jones and You know, kind of a polarizing prospect where some people think that he can be like a a serviceable starter that a team like the Saints or Washington might be interested in in the first round. Uh, You think about Devonta Smith, who's another interesting player, a really good wide receiver uh, on the leaner side for sure. When you think about that passing connection against what Notre Dame has on the back end of their defense, what comes to mind for you?
1: Uh, I don't think the Irish have the horses to make this work. Uh, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches for Alabama in the passing game. And Mac Jones, he's been really proficient throwing the deep ball. I don't really trust Notre Dame's pass rush to get any kind of penetration and force Mac Jones to get the ball out of his hands quickly. The rest of this defensive line, uh, you know it, it's kind of a blend of, of guys who are still looking to make their mark. And Alabama up front averages, what, 340 pounds across the board? I'm sure. Notre Dame has some size, but I don't think they have the explosiveness or the speed to really generate the kind of heat that they would need to on Mac Jones to take away the deep passing game. And they don't have the guys in coverage that can cover Devonta Smith one-on-one.
0: Now, looking at this Notre Dame offense against the Bama defense, you know, I think the, the real appeal for from a scouting perspective from the Irish's offense, it's got to be the offensive line where they have Liam Eichenberg at left tackle, mm-hmm. Tommy Kramer at, at right guard's been a good player for them this year. Um, Robert Hainsey,
1: the other tackle, has been good as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to mention, he, he's had a good year as well, and, and obviously Alabama's going to have their horses all across the front seven, um, but maybe a little less this year in terms of like draft-eligible guys in the Bama front seven, obviously they have uh, Christian Barmore, who's been flashy and gotten better as the season moved along. Uh, Dylan Moses has, has not had a good year at linebacker. Uh, so when you think about this Irish offense versus Alabama defense, and as somebody who's really you know immersed yourself in this Notre Dame offense, what do you think about this matchup?
1: Yeah, so uh, the offensive line, it's going to be big on big up front. I'm excited to see what Eichenberg looks like. Uh, he looks like a... Scheme-specific, potential late first-round type offensive tackle based off of what I studied for him this season. Um, Some of Notre Dame's best players offensively are not eligible. Running back Kyron Williams is a true sophomore. Uh, He's had a tremendous season. Uh, Their tight end, number 87, Michael Mayer, is monster. Monster (laughs) is the only appropriate phrasing for what he is as a football. He could play in the NFL tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> like physic physically, he could play in the NFL tomorrow, and he'd be perfectly fine. He's uh, every bit of the. I think he's listed at like two sixty. So he's he is a monster. The wide receiver who's going to have the best opportunity to make an impact in this game is a transfer from Northwestern, Ben Skronik. Uh He's six three, two twenty four. He's you remember Jeff Shamarja?
0: Yeah, wonderful baseball pitcher. Yeah.
1: Yeah, kind of like he's he's that style like high point, go up and get it. And with a quarterback like Ian Book, who just throws YOLO balls all day long, <laughs> uh, you're, you're going to get a chance to see him make some plays on balls down the field win high point contested catches. So uh, he's not superbly athletic. I don't think he's overly dynamic, but he's big and he wins at the catch point. So it'll be a good test for these Bama corners uh, to show up against some size down the field.
0: Yeah, Patrick Sertain the second. Josh Joby, uh, Sertain some people think is a top half of the first-round type cornerback prospect, and Joby's got some some buzz here as the season has moved along. Uh, also probably worth noting Fedarian Mathis, and you're talking about a big-boy big football game. He's one of those run-stuffing defensive linemen, so I think it'll be a good showcase opportunity for him. Uh, so is Notre Dame... Do the Notre Dame thing here in the playoffs, or do yes, we think they that do. they're going to be competitive. I, I no. feel like Bama's going to win this game.
1: Bama's going to win probably by three or four touchdowns.
0: Shuby,
2: yeah, no, Bama wins this game by multiple scores.
0: Okay, so thank anyway. God we
1: thank God we brought them back into the playoff again, though, <laughs> so we know exactly what we're going to get.
0: Bet AG if you. <laughs> If you want to roll with the tide here. Oh, I see some, what you
1: did there. What is the, the line? What is the line on BetOnline? Oh, you think
0: know? I know that off the top of my head. Uh, maybe, jeez. Oh, well, uh, no,
1: that. I'm going to log in and get it right now.
0: Okay, so um, we we all think Alabama going to win this game. <sighs> you, you, if I'm pulling a team out of the playoffs, Kyle, it's not Notre Dame. It's Ohio State. So, Yeah, I, I had, all, I had an issue with the whole game. thing.
1: I had an issue with the whole thing they collected this year.
2: Alabama minus twenty. By the way. Oh,
0: geez. Yeah,
2: take take the tide.
0: You're taking the tide minus twenty. Yeah. In a I game am. where a margin of victory does not matter. Yeah, I am. Oh, okay. I I will. Wow. I don't agree with that. I think that Notre Dame loses but covers.
1: Okay. Box, well, let... box of built bars. Here we go. While oh, we're here,
0: box of bars. While we're here,
1: you know, preemptively. Um, Cincinnati is a touchdown underdog against Georgia. Is there an easier bet in the world to take, Joe?
0: Oh, you think the Bearcats are going to handle that? Georgia lays an egg every year in the bowl game. I'm so I've been burned so bad by college football bets this year, so I'm very gun shy.
1: But doesn't it sound like a good it, one?
0: No, it does, and I'm with you. I understand exactly why you said that. If I was forced to make a bet, I would definitely pick Cincinnati, but. like just betting on college football games has not been a good thing this year for me. So then last year, so it's, it's been hard.
1: So then the Rose bowl is Clemson versus Ohio state. Correct. Eight eight o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Eastern time. And, uh, Clemson's favored by seven, according to our friends at betonline.ag in this football game.
0: I might like that spread better if I had to make a a choice.
1: Yeah. I, I think they're both fairly straight. I, would jump on both of them. I might jump on both of them. I got, I got some coin in my account.
0: Okay. I'm net positive
1: this year. So doing good things.
0: uh, I am. Thanks to the NFL. (laughs) As soon as I got rid of college. So I, I
1: crushed on the, the future props this year. I had dolphins over six and a half wins and most losses for a team in the regular season. I took over 13 and a half.
0: Oh, Kyle, sir, what's up? Why didn't I take that Dolphins bet? I, I, I should have taken that. I, they could have seven wins, especially after they won five last year. Like you, they're not two wins better. Fun, fun
1: fact: Go back and look at a lot of the uh, the August schedule predictions, and you'll see a lot of under six for Miami. That's neither here nor there, but we
0: get to reconcile our picks soon, right? Yeah, right. we're
1: gonna have to go through the uh, the. We did the whole thing.
0: Our goal was to be within. Two either way, right? Two
1: games plus minus two games.
0: Let's see how we did because we didn't take as much heat this year. And maybe uh, last year really stands out because we were so low on (laughs) on San Francisco. On San Francisco.
1: We were just a year too early on being down on San Francisco. That's all. Listen, a year too early and a year too late. shuby I want you to do me a favor. Can you do that for me? He's nodding. He's nodding. Okay. Just can you pick an NFL team? Just a random NFL team. Doesn't matter who they are. The Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, we've completely gone off the rails here. We are going to get to the Rose Bowl here in just a second. <laughs> yeah, could be I'm more off the, the rails right now. Answer, like,
0: what the hell's
1: going on here? Come on, tell us about the game.
2: I had a scouting-related question for you guys and everything, but here we are. Okay, what's the Chargers' record this year? You didn't ask for that. You just asked for their team name. So hold on.
1: There's six and six and nine going into. This game week seventeen, correct? Yes, that is correct. We had him at seven and nine. Let's go! Nail it! Let's go! Nailed it! All, <laughs> All right, so we'll do that uh, next week, well,
0: right. yeah, we we'll we'll-
1: Let's do the Rose Bowl.
0: Let's see. Okay, Rose Bowl. Let's see the Rose Bowl. Hey, we know these teams, right? <laughs> you, you do I'm the Big sale. Ohio, Ohio State. TV.
1: Yep, yep. Lots to get into here.
0: Lots of good players. Uh, a couple quarterbacks. Uh, potentially the top two picks in the draft. Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields of Ohio State. I, I mean, look, it's hard. It's hard to to say this is really critical for Trevor Lawrence. So I think his resume to this point absolutely speaks for itself, right? Like yep. he he could he could go Justin Fields against Indiana in this game, and I think it's going to be okay, right? He's still going to be the number one pick in the draft, um, but it's still interesting, right? It's still like a high level exposure to Lawrence, and you want to see him play well. Um, so like, I don't know, like he's going to go from being the number one pick to the number one pick. So, (laughs) so go out there, obviously, you know, his pursuit of another championship to add to his resume, but you know, as much as it feels like it should matter for Trevor Lawrence, I think he's already solidified his status.
1: No, the, the resume is too large at this point for one game, regardless of the recency of that game to change your mind on anything. And if, 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 Trevor Lawrence does come out and theoretically lays an egg against Ohio State. I would question your process.
0: Ooh. Ooh, I like that. That's a good, that was a good take. That made me feel something. I like that.
1: Takes you to weird places, huh?
0: (sighs) Yeah. Let me ask you this because one, one player on the Clemson offense that does interest me a lot. And I'm interested to hear what players Ohio State has that can challenge him is the left tackle Jackson Carmen, who. I thought he was sensational last year in the regular season. And then when he went up against Chase on and then Chase Young in the playoffs, you know, like I thought they exposed him in some ways that made me doubt what his potential can be. And then, of course, I just did his evaluation and I came away pretty impressed with with the player. Um, I think he's got really, really good hand usage and power and a good anchor. But I I have some questions about his ability to handle speed. And Quincy Roche from Miami got him a few times where, when he was able to really just dial it up on a long and late downs, he was able to really challenge that outside hip. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe Carmen's a guard, but I think he's still an NFL starter and he's a good player. What players for Ohio State this year on this defensive line will be some matchups that, could be interesting to evaluate Carmen as we settle on, okay, is this guy going to play tackle or guard in the NFL?
1: Yeah. So you look at the death chart and you know, they, they they've got kind of an embarrassment of riches as far as just their rotational ability The the kind of guy who's been pegged as quote unquote next is Zach Harrison, number nine, who's a true sophomore. He's not eligible, but he's six, 265, So he's like ready to go. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, a lot of Ohio State's best pressure this season has come from the interior push. Uh, so I think it will be interesting to see if Clemson kind of decides to make a, a mess of the inside and and not let guys like Haskell Garrett and Tommy uh, Togai shoot those inside gaps if if they want to really be congested and play five man protection and or go full slide and and leave somebody on an island one on one with one of these pass rushers, can Zach Harrison have a big game? I believe he's credited with two, two and a half sacks to this point in the season. Uh, they've got some other guys. Uh, Jonathan Cooper is a red shirt senior. He's a mid round guy. I kind of covet and value him somewhat similar to, to what I would regard Dalen Hayes from Notre Dame, who we talked about already. So I think Clemson's, Bigger test will be the interior against Ohio State's interior, not necessarily, you know, Zach Harrison is physically capable of having a really big game and testing him. Uh, but I, I think Clemson's bigger issues lie on the inside, personally. Built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post workout, or just like delicious things. Bilt Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good. It blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, Visit builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on, and you can save twenty percent off your next order of built bar. That's builtbar.com. Promo code locked on to save twenty percent, and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself.
0: Travis Etienne, Clemson running back, uh, came back this year, and I don't think he's been as good as he has been in seasons past, and, and that's that's no. I mean, like he's been so good. He had high expectations. But when you look at this thing, like he's averaging over two yards per carry less. His yards after contact is down o- over a full yard. Um, It's it, he, he just hasn't been as consistent. And then the big thing that I was hoping that he would get better at this year was his work in pass protection. And so I didn't learn anything new about Travis Etienne this year. So. What's interesting to me is, is this Ohio state defense has a couple of linebackers, Pete Warner, Baron Browning. I think people are really familiar with ETN and and how explosive he is and all the things that he can do and how dangerous of a weapon he is for Browning and Warner at linebacker. What do you think about this matchup from their perspective?
1: Yeah, it's going to have to be Browning that has a big game. and, And he missed a little time when Ohio state was battling the COVID stuff. So, uh, he's the athlete of the group, you know, even the Mike linebacker, tough Borland has been around for a while. And, um, th- they're three fully capable linebackers. And even, uh, Justin Hilliard is a red shirt senior number 47. Uh, when Ohio state has had to go into rotational roles, Hilliard has popped up every single time I've watched Ohio state is- state as far as making plays. So I think they have the depth, uh, to stay fresh, but, I think if Clemson really tests the perimeter uh, with, with ETN, whether that's you know kind of quick screen game or if they want to run outside concepts, uh, Baron Browning's really the only one that I really like in a foot race if he's stacked and even with ETN at the start to be able to scrape and fill and get over top and have a chance uh, to be making a challenge that's not eight plus yards down the field. So uh, that matchup specifically for Clemson. I I think Ohio state does have some advantages as far as the physical skill sets of their corners versus Clemson's wide receivers, but how they choose to tackle the middle of the field specifically with Travis Etienne, who I would argue, Joe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you're the ACC guy. I think Etienne has had more of a net positive influence in the passing game as far as being a receiver than he has as a rusher
0: this year. Yeah, Good take. That's a good take.
1: So, that for me is is if Clemson wants to kind of isolate, you know, identify number twenty, which is Pete Warner, and try and get him working laterally and win foot races to the corner with ETN with him, uh, setting up screens that go in that direction and you know, just those quick quick swing routes that they take. So that's definitely one of the X factors of this matchup.
0: Kyle, I'm interested in hearing you talk about Sean Wade, the uh, the cornerback <sighs> from Ohio State. Yeah. Um, Obviously, he's going. Amari Rogers for um, for Clemson is is going to be a factor in this game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is very comfortable throwing him the football. Uh, you have Cornell Powell, who is is really emerged for them. Looks really dynamic. Uh, Braden Galloway, a tight end, but Sean Wade. It, I remember. I remember that this really pops out for me. I did a mock draft, you know, screenshot or something for the from the Draft Network mock draft machine and. I had the bills over the summer taking Sean Wade like in the 20s and then people were yelling because Sean Wade's not making it to 20s this is a top 10 cornerback. Well, he transitions from slot to the outside this year. Here's a stat for you. In 2018 and 2019 from the slot, the passer oh rating against Sean Wade's coverage was under 70 both years. He makes this move outside this year, which was going to be critical for his draft stock. He's given up a passer rating of 101.9. Sir, this is not going well. And now he's going up against Trevor Lawrence and all the five star wide receivers that he's going to be challenged with. What have you seen from Wade? And and what do you think is going to happen here in this game?
1: He's he's started slow. Uh, he had a really bad start to the season. He's found the football a little bit. He's made some plays on the ball. He does have two interceptions this season, three passes defensed in six games. So but the alternative is you could say, okay, well, he's getting thrown at a lot. So <laughs> right. Um he's definitely the more that we've watched kind of his career at Ohio state kind of develop. There's some momentum for him to potentially be a safety at the next level. And I think I like it, but as you said, that ain't going to help you in the Rose bowl, <laughs> you know? So you you do not have that fallback option and position transition to be made when the Buckeyes need you to be clamps on some of these talented wide receivers that Clemson has. So Uh, I think about uh, the other corner. I've been more impressed with the other corner seven banks than I have with Sean Wade thus far this season, as far as the guys playing on the outside. So um, Wade is definitely going to have to, you know, if this ends up being the resume game that he can point to his tape and say, "Listen, listen, I played outside against Clemson in the college football playoff and I balled out and I had the game of my life. Maybe he can re-inject some enthusiasm to his prospects as an outside corner, but he's going to need that caliber of performance to kind of change the narrative based on what he's put on display thus far.
0: We talked about Trevor Lawrence and how his resume is complete. Maybe not the same for Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback. So as you consider this opportunity for Fields – Going up against Clemson, what are your expectations from him in this playoff run, and what does he need to do?
1: Well, I think the concerning thing about Fields is he's played two of his three worst games, uh, or his, he's played his two worst games at Ohio State in the last three games that Georgia or that Ohio State has played. So you know the the Northwestern game, the Big Ten championship game, he was completely out of sync and then he was abysmally bad as well against Indiana in a game that they had to scratch out. He's In those two games combined, he threw for an average of just over 200 yards, uh, and he had two touchdowns to four five interceptions in those two games. His passer rating against Northwestern was 65. Uh, Not very effective as a passer. He actually had a sprain on his throwing hand on the thumb as the aftermath of that game as well. So there's a lot of questions. And with Zach Wilson you know, breathing as hot and heavy as he is with, with draft analysts everywhere and, and kind of seeing what he's put on display and, and how well he's played this year, this kind of battle for QB2, regardless of what I personally subscribe to or what you personally subscribe to, Joe, it's a real thing. And uh, Justin Fields cannot afford to go out and look lost to the degree in which he did. Against Northwestern, and that's the concern is if he comes out, and these two teams played last year in the playoff. Mm-hmm. And in that game, you would make the argument that of all the games that Justin Fields played in 2019, his worst game of the season was against Clemson. He had two, two interceptions in that football game, he had 14 rushes for 13 yards. So he's ineffective as a passer as far as ball security goes. I know one of those was an interception in the end zone at the end of the game, trying to make a play happen and he was also ineffective as a rusher. So if he comes out and there's a repeat of that against Clemson this year, yeah, there's going to be some, some questions. But we've talked about Justin Fields at length on this show not that long ago either, talking about what kind of fit he needs to go into. And he is one of those guys, much more so than Trevor Lawrence, that the scheme and the style of play that he goes into is going to absolutely positively matter, and it's going to help determine whether or not he's a successful NFL quarterback.
0: From the Clemson defense perspective, this isn't this isn't a team loaded with draft eligible talent right now, right? Like it's not like you're gonna watch this team and see three first round picks on the defensive line and Christian Wilkins and Cleeland Furrow and Dexter Lawrence, right? This is a it's a good Clemson defense, but from like their premier established, gonna be first round picks this year, you're not gonna see a lot of that. Except for, and Kyle's gonna Kyle's gonna laugh or something here, but they got this dude called. Darian Kendrick at cornerback. No, why would I laugh at that? Because <laughs> I was super low on him over the summer. And rightfully okay, you're so. You're allowed to change your mind based on yeah, new I know, information. I, I, did, what I, re- I was just trying to expose that I was low on him and I've really come around. And what this came from is Darian Kendrick, five-star wide receiver prospect out of high school. He actually played receiver in high school as a freshman and sophomore. Then he switched to quarterback as a junior and senior. His team won the state championship four years in a row. So kind of a fun fact there. He goes to Clemson to play, play wide receiver. And then in 2019, out of necessity, because they had so many injuries, they asked him to play cornerback in spring. Well, he winds up staying there. It works. He starts basically all year. Um, and I watch his tape and you, you see some positive things, but for the most part, I thought he was super underdeveloped and like just really behind in terms of technique. And I think part of what made me be a little bit more critical of where he was despite having limited time at cornerback was watching Caleb Farley from Virginia tech, who was also very new to playing cornerback and you don't watch his tape and get the impression that he's new. So, right. I'm kind of balancing this out and I just didn't see the same caliber of play from Kendrick. Now flash forward to this year, and, and he's a different player. He's comfortable in coverage. He has awareness, anticipation. His technique is right, and the ball skills are really shining. I don't think you're going to look at his numbers and see crazy interception numbers, but my goodness, like you can just see how comfortable he is cueing the backfield. They played him a lot more in zone coverage this year and the way he stayed leveraged, but was also willing to like come off of his man and just find the football and make plays on it. You can see it's just very natural to him, and I thought he was a much better player, and he's a guy that I think is very much worth like a late first round pick. So I know you've spoken or spoke highly of of Chris Olave in in your evaluation Mm. of him. So Mm. we got a good matchup here, matchup here between Kendrick and Olave.
1: Yeah, and fortunately Olave's back. Uh, He missed the Big Ten Championship game due to COVID, and you know we talked about how that was kind of the game that Justin Fields fell flat on his face. So I decided to just go swing and, and look at the production of Ohio State's pass catchers this year. You ready for to take a little walk? Through Ohio a, State's pass catchers,
0: let's take a journey.
1: Okay, so Chris Olave missed the the Big Ten championship game, so he missed one. What's one sixth? Like eighteen percent, seventeen percent of Ohio State season. He has thirty six receptions for five hundred and twenty eight yards and five touchdowns. Okay, mm-hmm. sophomore, true sophomore Garrett Wilson. He's kind of the next guy in line. Thirty eight receptions, six hundred and twenty one yards, and five touchdowns. Both of these guys are explosive. They're not overly big, but they're super twitchy and agile, and they create a lot of separation. Okay. The next receiver from a production standpoint, how many catches do you think this player has? I feel bad because I pulled it up. I pull.
0: I know the answer. Oh, you know
1: the answer. Maybe huh?
0: Shuby doesn't, and he can. Hey, make Chris. The guess here. <laughs> Chris,
1: Ohio State's top two pass catchers have 38 and 36 receptions this season. How many does number three have in number six games? Uh, Number three has seven receptions in six He has nine. He 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 has nine for 60 yards, 6.7 yards per catch and three touchdowns for tight end Jeremy Ruckert, which this is a travesty because Ruckert's a really good tight end prospect who they just refuse to throw the ball to tight ends at Ohio State. I don't know why you would be a receiving tight end and choose to go to Ohio State. It's neither here nor there. They haven't thrown to him for like 10 years. We've seen a lot of (laughs) talented guys come through that can catch the ball that they just don't throw to. But Ruckert nine receptions. Trey Sermon, eight receptions. Julian Fleming, seven receptions. So when you think about the Northwestern game and you consider Chris Olave was not playing in the game because of COVID, probably a big variable in why. And I said that after the the Big Ten Championship game. I said the, the winner for Ohio State from a draft perspective out of the Big Ten Championship game is Chris Olave because the passing game sucks without him. So seeing him match up with Darion Kendrick, absolutely. Now, then Clemson will have to reconcile for Garrett Wilson because Wilson is a similarly talented
0: player. He's just not eligible this year. So Garrett Wilson, 38 catches. Chris Olave, 36. Receivers, every other receiver on the team. Combined forty five catches. What? What is this? Uh that was eye popping. That was a good journey there, Kyle. Um, So, I guess a couple other names here just to bring to the table from a Clemson defensive standpoint. Anybody that's
1: uh, going to stop Trey Sermon, who rumbled for like 300-and-something yards in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern, and all they did was run inside and in splits Um,
0: I guess James Skalski, <laughs> uh, who's pretty limited, but he's the kind of guy that can play downhill into the line of scrimmage. Jordan Williams on the interior defensive line, I think he's a good run stuffer. Um, has a chance to maybe neutralize just a little bit. But a lot of young pups on this Clemson defense and a lot of guys that we'll talk a lot about next year. But, you know, the, the draft-eligible talent on the Clemson defi- defense outside of Darian Kendrick is is it's pretty underwhelming. So,
1: and then Ohio State, you know, they have a reasonable amount of talent on the offensive line. Uh, center Josh Myers, guard Wyatt Davis, both those guys are redshirt juniors, would expect them to be in this year's class. Uh, Myers, I just did his film evaluation the other day, Joe, I kind of got like a little bit of Tyler Beatus vibe, uh, in that his, he had better play than what he put on display in 2020. Uh, but from a movement skills perspective and, and some of the, uh, setting the hook and finishing blocks, I kind of got a little Beatus. So you're talking, you know, fringe top 100 guy, uh, as far as Josh Myers at center, Wyatt Davis also had better play in 2019 than he had in 2020. Uh, but he's still probably going to be a top 50 pick. He's super physical. He's very aggressive. I think he's scheme transcendent. Uh, he's just had some balance and discipline issues this year. So uh, that's kind of where Ohio State up front is going to get after you. And I think this—I think we can all agree—this is a much more attractive and appealing matchup from an NFL draft prospects perspective than what we get in the early game with Alabama Notre Dame.
0: We all in on Clemson?
1: I'm in on Clemson.
0: Are we in on Clemson covering? Is it seven you said from Ben? Yeah, Bama?
1: yeah, probably. Probably. Shub? Yes.
2: Clemson wins and covers the seven.
0: So Clemson, Bama again. Again. It's always funny, good, funny I mean, how that
2: works, right? Funny how that works.
0: Well, I, look at the recruiting classes, folks. Look and see who gets all the best players. I, I, I mean, this isn't rocket science.
2: And why do they get that, Joe? Why do they get the best players?
0: Those are questions I can't answer. Cruton. Yeah, good recruiters. Good Cruton. Yeah. I'd go play for
1: St. Nick. Joe, if you if you could play for any... I think we've talked about this before. If yeah. you could go play for any one individual college coach, who would it be?
0: What position do I play? That's up to you. Joe, you're a I'm linebacker. I'm a defensive end. I'm am a. I'm definitely a defensive end. Um, I would want to play for a team that's four three. I want to go to Clemson.
1: Man, I would want to play for Saban. Would you? Yeah.
0: Not for but I'm, but, but I'm not going to. So I'm not trying to be Raquan Davis. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he'd usually like Raquan because it's it's you you're the plug in the middle. Let's be honest.
0: I'm talking think, about Peak Joe Marino back when he was 19. 18 you, years.
1: you are the keystone of this podcast, and there's no shame in that playing as the heart in the middle of the line that is the draft use podcast.
0: Yeah, but we're talking about me as a high school. No, no. hypotheticals three, are over.
1: I, I asked the question. I could set the standard and the terms, and I've done it. So, yeah, you play nose.
0: Shuby, you going to take your what, – what, uh, what are you, a slot receiver, um, safety – Hunter Renfro? Is that your sure. ceiling? Okay, yeah.
2: probably. It's probably I, I think that's be a generous ceiling, but sure. Okay. Trent Taylor type, you know? Yeah. He's not that fast. It was <laughs> like a 5240,
1: so.
0: There you go. 52, that's uh, it's good. It's
1: almost as fast as Tom Brady. Uh,
0: what did you clock? Was it 518 or something, Kyle? 512.
1: No, I was 512 and I was Faster than Tom Brady. You, you were. Yeah. I was. Uh, Tom I Brady is almost as fast as me. I should say.
0: I got a five seven seven, and I, I maybe beat uh, some you know five hundred pound guy from Utah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I beat
1: Rich Eisen. You also slid across the finish line. If you'd have kept your feet, you'd have clocked better than that.
0: Maybe in the five sixes. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Can I ask a
2: question? Before sure. we get out of here, sure. I, I'm, I'm curious your guys' thoughts on this. And maybe you've eloquently put them out there before. But when you evaluate from a scouting perspective, these two games, do you put any additional weight to the magnitude of the game, right? Because you guys watch film on all these guys all year long in previous years. But when you watch them play in these big, high-level college football playoff games, does it add extra weight when they show up in these games? Or are you just trying
1: to take that out of it?
0: Can I Can I answer this with a story?
1: Yeah, I like story time.
0: So this when Kai or when Chris started asking this question, the first thing that came to my mind was um over the summer we were having our daily uh, TDN scouting meeting and we were fortunate enough to have uh, an NFL executive with us to to talk to us uh, about uh, decisions that they his team has made and different processes and we had really good discussion and so he ended the conversation by saying, asking us a question. He's like, "Hey, like, what what players do you guys like?" And so Kyle said a player that he liked. And do you remember what the question that he yes. asked you was? A
1: million percent, I will oh, never uh, forget.
0: You can take it from here.
1: It's how do you look in two minute drill?
0: So how do you look in two minute? How does he uh, like? And and like to me, that speaks to yeah, like pressure situations, like meaningful moments. That's the. I think this does give you really good showcase opportunities. I'm going to care a lot about the way these players look in this game, as opposed to, you know, when Clemson played, uh, Virginia or, you know, no disrespect Duke, something like that. Wake forest. This is a bigger, this is a bigger stage. Yeah. You inevitably
1: look at who's on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Um, but I think you, you really put the weight or stock into it more, uh, if you have significant questions about the player, uh, so that that's a common thing with FCS prospects, right? It's when they have that one or two games every year where they elevate and they play an FBS program, like when Wyoming Joe played, uh, was it Oregon and Iowa when Josh Allen was there,
0: and Nebraska
1: <laughs> and Nebraska, and he, like he was terrible in all three games, oh, and that that like yeah, so the, like it it just goes to show like it it's not foolproof. Uh, but those are the kind of instances. Now, when you play at Ohio State or Clemson or Notre Dame or Alabama, like you don't really have a lot of those cakewalks that you're evaluating. You're evaluating them against good athletes all the time, but uh, I do think it does carry some weight if you're going up against a guy on the other side of the line of scrimmage who's perceived to be a cream-of-the-crop type prospect. So there's layers to it. Um, I wouldn't say it's tried and true. Like I'm going to care more about the performance in the Rose bowl than I will in the big 10 championship game or a midseason contest against Penn state. Uh, but there's definitely context that, that can, depending on the player and their individual situation, Chris, that, uh, I think does carry a little
0: extra weight. Last note on this, going back to the story, wasn't a quarterback. It was an offensive lineman. Right. that we're talking about in two minutes so just just to give another layer the, in the,
1: the uh magnitude and microscope right that that goes into it is just hey
0: that,
1: that's why that's why he this, is where he is right,
0: right you, all about this offensive lineman here it is uh, this is what I think he's good at what he's not good at first follow-up question how's he looking two minutes
1: how do you look in two minute you see any two minute <laughs> it's like well
0: <laughs>
1: they did have a game in two minute though it looked okay.
0: You've been thinking so, about that now every damn time you watch a yeah, player, right? Yeah, like, I'm like, oh all right, right we're going it-
1: to get to end to end of half time of possession. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, like you watch some of these teams that that consistently have success at the NFL level, and where do they they that extra possession that they so yep. often steal at the end of the half? Yep. And you know, if they if the other team has the ball and they force a punt and they make something happen, or if they do string together and they're calculated in four minute offense versus two minute offense versus one minute offense and Getting extra, like, yeah, that shit matters a lot. Yep. Yep. So it's a fun little game we play. We're done here. We hope you're primed for the college football semifinals. Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. Same old faces, (laughs) some new prospects. Lots of good football to look forward to this weekend. Also week 17 uh, ahead of us as well guys. So there, there is a lot on the horizon of heavy magnitude for a lot of teams. Uh, so make sure you're dialed in. Hit subscribe. Come on back and see us again soon. Kyle Krabs, me Chris Schubert, the Draft Dudes Podcast.